All right. Good morning. How's everybody feeling today? You like seeing that sun outside finally? Did anybody see the snow the other day? Oh my gosh. Welcome to the Midwest. It is crazy. Um, before I get into the sermon today, uh, Caitlin, come on up, Caitlin. Caitlin was baptized this past week, and she studied with Maddie and Aaliyah, and she's part of our campus ministry, and we are so glad that she is here now. Um, so give it up for Caitlin. All right. And then Cheryl. Come on up, Cheryl. Cheryl has been around for probably over a year or so now, but she has committed to be a member of the Crossings Church. She wants to place membership here at the Crossings. So we are so grateful for Cheryl. She's, she's very quickly became another campus mom for us. Um, she was able to come to spring break with us, and I think she was just sold after spending so much time with college students in a, in a cabin, 50 college students. She was just like, I have to be a part of this church. Um, no, but we're so grateful for Cheryl. Um, and I just want to invite, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad that everybody's here today. Uh, welcome to the Crossings. I am the campus minister here, so I'm not usually up here very often. Um, but I'm here today. Oh, that's kind of hot in here. I wanted to do one more thing before I, before I uh, started my service. You like that, Dawn? You like that? Do I look nice? Do I look good, Reggie? Got them glasses on back there? Can you see? All right. Want to double check, make sure everybody saw that the national champions have arrived. All right. Um, greatest comeback in a championship game ever. And I was so, I was about to have to go get prescribed for anxiety pills because I was watching that game and it was stressing me out. But the last time Kansas won the championship, I'm a big Kansas fan. The last time they won was I was a senior in high school. That shows my age. Um, don't look up the last time they won. I'm not going to tell you the year. That's just when it happened. Um, so I don't think I'm going to do this often. I'm not usually on stage the week after they win the championship. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to wear a jersey today, and nobody's going to say anything about it because I can do what I want today. All right? Um, so here I am, and I'm ready to go today. I'm all in a good mood. Uh, but I want to welcome everybody to the Crossing Church. Uh, we are in a sermon series called More Than Words. And what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks is we've been looking at certain words in Scripture uh, that I think the world has taken and the churches in America honestly have taken, and they've distorted what God really meant by them. And so a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the word faith, and we took a couple of weeks looking at the word faith, because when you hear the word faith in a church, or you hear the word faith on the street, or in your schools, or in your jobs, you might have an idea what that word really is, because of Maybe the way that you grew up, maybe your peers and the people around you, uh, maybe what you had learned from a church that you were raised in. Uh, but what God and Jesus have to say about the word faith sometimes can contradict what the world and the society and, and, and people have told us over the years. That maybe faith is how we get to heaven because it's just this cognitive belief. That if we just believe and we think that there is a higher power and a guy named God in heaven, that we are going to heaven. And Scripture reveals that that is not what that word means, that there is so much more that that word means that what does faith really mean? And we took a, we took a couple weeks to dissect, to dissect that. Last week, we started with another word called love. And we hear the word love, and once again, if you look in society or you look all over the place, you hear like, oh, I love this person, or I love this restaurant, or I love my job. 
And when Jesus talks about love in Scripture, he says, you know, maybe what you're saying is that you're infatuated with those things, but that's not really love. There's so much more that goes on with it. And if you're visiting with us today, you've kind of ran into us on a, on a pretty cool week because it's not a normal service that we're going to have today because we're going to have our ministry fair after service. And our ministry fair, what we try to do here at the Crossings Church is we try to showcase what this church is really trying to do to serve the members of the congregation, but also the community around us. And what you may not know is that what you see on a Sunday morning, uh, there's so much more that this church is doing behind closed doors through these ministries to get this building set, to get our ministries functioning and flowing throughout the week, to be able to have opportunities to showcase what we're really trying to do here as a church. And for a lot of people, they maybe, not, they maybe don't know those things or they don't see those things. And so we always try to have a ministry fair for people to be able to see, just like a job fair, a career fair, to, for people to see what we're trying to do as a church on more of a specific level, but also an opportunity for you guys to look around and say, hey, I, I love this church, I love being here, or I'm visiting this church, and I want to see what they have to offer, or I want to see what I can maybe, I can offer and so today's going to be a really cool week. It's also going to be a very short week, so we're going to have a brief sermon just to talk a little bit about this idea of service and love in itself. And then we're going to dismiss a little earlier today so that you guys can have some time to walk through this job fair. Um, job fair. <laughs> it is a job I mean, biblically it's a job fair, but we won't say it. But a, a, a ministry fair for you guys to be able to look around and say, what, what does this church have to offer? Um, so I'm just going to jump in. And we're going to talk about love again today, because when we think about service and we think about love, they go hand in hand. It's, it's very clear when you look in Scripture and you look at Jesus and you look at the way that Jesus lived, that he showed his love through service. And so the major premise that we're going to talk about today is that love motivated Jesus to come to earth to serve me. It says in John 13, verses 1 and verses 2 through 6, it says, Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go back to the Father. Jesus loved, once again, highlight that maybe or circle it, Jesus loved his own who were in the world, and he loved them to the end. While supper was taking place, he got up from the table, removed his outer clothes, took a towel, and tied it to his waist, around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to dry them with a the towel, that he had tied around his waist. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? You see, Jesus essentially came to earth to show love through service. And we see this, and what we're going to do today is we're going to look through John 13 a little bit and kind of see this formula that Jesus kind of showcased for his disciples so that we could model that and see what the, what the benefit, of, what the benefit of, that, of that is. But ultimately, this love that Jesus has it motivated him to come to earth to service. God became flesh to show his ultimate love. And he could have came as a king. He could have came as a teacher, as an instructor, as a rabbi. But no, he came as a carpenter and he came and he showed how he loved us through his service. It says in John three sixteen, God so greatly and dearly prized the world that he gave up his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And so what we have to understand is this, this premise, the, the biggest thing, that if you guys can get anything out of today, is that love motivated Jesus to come to earth to serve me. And, and circle me. Really, really understand that everyone knows Jesus died on the cross to save all. And if you're really going to connect to anything today, if you're really going to connect to this idea that Jesus 
came to die for you, then and only then will you have an opportunity to realize that you can be motivated by that as well. You see, so many people hear what Jesus did on the cross, and so many people know what Jesus did on the cross, but they don't really connect to that personally. And whenever you can connect to something more personally, that's whenever you're more convicted or you're more compelled to act on it. And so when we talk about love and we talk about what Jesus did, I really want you guys to get this image and just this picture that Jesus doesn't just love all, but he loves you specifically. And when we can get that idea down, then we can understand the minor premise of what Jesus really came to do. And that love motivated Jesus to come to make me a servant. That love motivated Jesus to come to make me a servant. You see, nobody's, nobody feels obligated or compelled to go do something different unless they feel a personal connection to what's going on. Like, think about your teachers when you guys grew up. Like, whenever, I, I used to be a PE teacher, um, and, and I remember my time as, as, a, as an educator. There were days, and maybe some of you guys feel so, I know you do because you're teachers, and some of you guys in, in, the, in the audience, but there were days that I went to work to collect a paycheck. <laughs> like, that was it. Like, there was no reason other than me walking into that, that, that school then I didn't want to get fired. Like, I, I, had, I just had to be there that day, right? And I felt an obligation to be there. Well, those are probably the days that my past students looked at, and they didn't feel any connection to me because I wasn't trying to give them any connection. <laughs> I was just trying to get through the day because either, you know, I maybe had a, a late night the night before, I just really was unmotivated, or I just, you know, there's, there's days like that. But when you guys were students, you guys probably remember that you have some favorite teachers, right? You can think about, you know, middle school or high school. You probably can think about some teachers that you guys had in your life that you felt a connection to. And I would, I would probably bet to say it was probably because they, they, they maybe spent a little more time helping you see that they were there for you and not just for the classroom. As an instructor, as a teacher, we all know that we are there for the classroom but we know more importantly that the best way we're going to convey our messages to get understanding is through personal connections with our students. Every teacher knows that. And that's why you have favorites. It's probably because those are the teachers that chose to take the time out of their day to not just speak at the front of the classroom, but they would come and sit by your desk. Or they would come and joke with you. Or they'd learn about your personal life, and then they'd follow up with it a couple days later. And you'd be like, you, you care more than about teaching me you, you want to know me. And I would say that that's probably the same model that Jesus had when he talks about us loving him, about him serving us. Is it's not that he just came for everyone, but he took an extra effort, and he's trying to do that in your life, in your context, and that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. But when you realize that that's the way that Jesus modeled this so that you could see it in his life for you, the ultimate goal that Jesus had was to make that what you become. Look here in John 13. It says, After Jesus washed their feet, he took his place at the table again. Then he asked his disciples, Do you understand what I've done for you? There's the teacher moment, right? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you must wash each other's feet. I've given you an example that you should follow. 
And so this whole idea of love that Jesus has, he has loved so much that he came to be a servant, but that love motivated him to make us and turn us into servants in return. You know, any teacher that goes into a school and focuses on students does not want those kids to end up in prison, does not want those kids to end up unemployed, does not want those kids to end up divorced. Every teacher wants their students to be successful. And the only way they do that, a good teacher, is because they model it themselves. And that's exactly what Jesus did here. He modeled something and he says, now I want you guys to model this yourselves. I've given you an example that you should follow. Now the big thing here is when we talk about service and we talk about servants and we talk about the ministry fair, opportunities to serve, I really want you guys to understand that it's not just about the service, okay? Because when you, when you read in scripture and even when you guys think about your lives, it's, he's not trying to talk about the actions of serving. He's talking about the servant heart. Now, how many of you guys have ever went to a job or have ever played a sport or ever done anything and you know you went in that day and you were like, I'm not a student today, I'm just here, right? College students, high school students, how many of you guys have ever walked into a school being like, I'm just here today? Amen. You feel that way, right? Most of you guys do that. I know you do because I see you every single day. And you guys are like, I'm just, I'm just, doing, my, I'm just doing me today. You know, like, and, and I look at that, and I, I remember days that I was like that too, but we know that we are not students all the time. But don't we do the actions of a student, right? College students, don't you guys still go to those classes? Don't you guys still take down the notes? Well, some of you guys may not, not even go that far, right? You just go to the class, right? What about you adults? You're not off the hook. How many of you guys ever went to work and you were like, I'm not really an employee today. I'm just here getting paid, right? Same kind of thing, right? You're not like, I'm, you know, if you're a carpenter or whatever, you're like, I'm not learning better things to, to make my skill set better because I am a carpenter. You're like, hey, man, I'm here from like nine to five and I'm just going to do the bare minimums to make sure I don't get in trouble and then I'm leaving, right? And so like so many times, whatever your trade or your skill is, even in those actions, we do the actions, but it doesn't show the character of the heart of what we truly are. And Jesus says here in the same way, he's imitating an example, but the example is not the action, it's the character. And if you get anything out of the service today, that's what I really want you guys to understand, that, that love and service, when they coincide together, it is not the action that creates service. It's the heart of the servant that creates the service. And so everything that we do here, even here at the Crossing Church, whether it's a ministry that you serve in or a position that you hold or whatever it is, it's no different than how we viewed school and how we view jobs, where you could serve in a ministry. Like I said, I'm a campus minister. So if I serve in this campus ministry, I can show up to our cross chat on a Tuesday night. That doesn't necessarily say that I'm serving there. It just means I'm there. If you're an adult and you have an adult small group, you can show up to your small group on a Sunday afternoon. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're serving but you're doing the actions just like the person who is certain. You guys, you guys find that connection of what I'm talking about here? Because that's so important for us to understand if we're ever, gonna, if we're ever fully going to engulf this idea of what God wants us to be when it comes to what love really means. 
And so this ministry fair, once again, is a great opportunity for you guys to look around and find different areas that you can become a servant in and you guys can look to serve in opportunities. But don't, don't forget, don't get it backwards that just actually showing up and signing up and doing the tasks is what Jesus expects of you. But it's the heart and the character of why you do what you do is the example that we would follow in Jesus' life here. And so when we look at this major premise and we look at this minor premise of love being motivated Jesus to come to serve me and love motivating Jesus to make me a servant, we get this kind of math problem that that will make, therefore, loving Jesus entails being served and serving others. Loving Jesus entails being served and serving others. Is there anybody in this room that's just naturally prideful? That's like, I got this, right? Anybody that's like, I don't need your help. I can do this. I'm definitely one of those people where it's like, <laughs> does anybody feel this way too? I can do this much better myself, so I'd rather not teach anybody else how to do it, right? That's me. I'm just like, I would rather just be like, no. I, if you do this, you're going to mess it up, and I know you're going to mess it up, so just let me do it. And then I'll be a little more tired than you because you're going to sit on the couch while I do this. And then, you know, here's a funny story. I'm going to out somebody. Quincy mowed my lawn this summer, right? And I love mowing my lawn, but I've been getting a little lazier and a little more tired. And so I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to have a college kid come mow my yard. You know, I'll throw him some money. And I go out in my yard and the dude runs out of gas, right? And leaves a strip and just leaves it there. And I'm looking at it, and then I look at some of the edges, and the edges aren't done. And I look at this, and I'm like, I'm, I haven't even said this to Quincy yet. So, like, this is how I feel about that one time you mow my lawn, right? And so I'm out here looking at this, and I'm like, man, I'm just going to go get the lawnmower. But, hey, Quincy, have I had you back to my house since then? Nope. <laughs> I'll give you an opportunity to redeem yourself this summer, all right? But... That's the natural pride in me. I need to repent right now because I didn't give another opportunity here right now. I just decided to do it myself from here on out, right? But it's, that's the kind of character that I think sometimes we can have, where it's like, I don't need other people to serve me. I can do it myself. I've got this, right? And we can talk about ministries. We can talk about serving that context. But we can also just talk about life. You know, for some of us, we didn't grow up in the best backgrounds. We didn't grow up, like for me, my dad was an alcoholic. He wasn't around as a kid. And so I made a, I made a commitment as a kid at a very young age that I'm going to change my future by myself. I don't need anybody else to help me. My dad wasn't there. I don't need anybody. I've gotten this far by myself. I can do this myself. I'm not going to let us mess it up like my dad messed it up. And so I had this thought process, this natural pride that I had growing up that I'm just going to be something different because my dad just kind of messed me up. And what I realized is that it was so foolish of me to think that way once I got into my college years because I had no examples of what right was, you know? I had no examples of what it was like to actually do things the way that maybe God would want me to or just to do things in a way that, like, a non-alcoholic, drug-addicted dad would. You know, like, that's all the examples that I've had in my life. So how it was kind of insane for me to think that I would be a good father one day or to be a good employee one day when I never had an example of that as a man in my life. 
And I think a lot of you students, you probably feel that same way because I'm a campus minister and I work with you that you guys, a lot of you guys don't have dads. And I think a lot of times there's this natural pride that I even see in our ministries where it's like, I've got this. I don't need anybody else to help me with this. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll do my own thing, you know? And what you see is in Scripture, if you don't let people, if you don't take the time to step aside and let people come in to serve you, you will never understand the full picture of what Jesus truly did. You see, in, in John 13, verses 8 and 9, Peter, it says, Peter looked at Jesus and said, you'll never wash my dirty feet. You see, he's saying, I don't need your help. I got this. I know who you are. Like, you do your thing. I can do my thing. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't need you to come do that for me. But Jesus says, but Peter, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, Jesus said, then you will not be able to share life with me. You see, he came and he said to Peter, and who knows why Peter said that? Maybe there was a pride there. Maybe there was just, Jesus was just a holy man and, and that, that he felt unworthy. We don't really know the context of it, but what we do know is that Peter didn't feel like he needed Jesus to do that for him. But that's the response Jesus gives him. So in humility, Peter's response is, Lord, in that case, don't just wash my feet. Wash my hands and my head too. Like, get it done. Like, wash everything. You know, like, if that's the case, and so many times we have to look at our lives too and say, when we make those comments, when we make those stances that we don't need the help, and it could be anything in life. It could be, like I said, figuring out job stuff. It could be figuring out relationship stuff. It could be figuring out your marriage, figuring out parenting, figuring out all these things. When, we, when that natural pride shows up in our lives and other people want to come in, and say, hey, let me help you with that. Let me, let, me, let me pull you aside with me and figure these things out. And we say, no, 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 we, I got this. Then we should expect the same response that Jesus gave Peter here that says, you're never going to be able to share life with me. You're never really going to get it. You're really never going to feel like what you're doing is enough. And so... For a lot of us with that natural pride, we've got to be able to step back and that therefore that first piece of loving Jesus entails being served. In Luke 22, 32, it says, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. So when you recover, strengthen other disciples. You see, there is a time and a place to recover. And there is a need for that. And I'd even challenge some of you leaders that are in our church that sometimes the more positions that I have or the more titles and more responsibilities I get, the less I feel the need to let others serve me. It's just kind of that natural process of like, kind of even like as a, as a father now, like the more I've become a father, the less I make life about me and I make it more about my kids. And in the church, it's the same way. The, the more responsibilities and the more positions or the more whatever you get, the more you feel like you are supposed to be serving, 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 but you never really take the time to take care of yourself. And the reality is, just like me as a dad or me as a, a minister, that if I don't take that time myself, I will never fully encompass what it means to be a father. And if I never fully take care of myself and let people take care of me, I'll never fully encompass what it takes to be a minister or a disciple. And so we have to be able to take time to ourselves to let people come in. And that's part of what this ministry fair is for as well. 
is for you guys to find an opportunity to find something that can serve you. Find a ministry that can come in and help you, whether that be one of our Manasseh ministries that just whatever, whatever's going on in life, we have so many different ministries inside of that over at this booth that's going to happen that talk about healing as a choice is one of those things that happens that you, maybe you have a lot of hardships and a lot of, a lot of hurt from your past and you just don't know how to deal with it. Well, we offer a ministry and a class that does stuff like that. Maybe that you've been divorced and you don't really know what that should look like in your next steps in your walk with Christ. We have a ministry for that. Maybe you struggle with addictions or porn or, or, or things like that that you just can't get a hold on. We have ministries for that. We have things set in place for people to say, let us serve you. Let us help you. Let us, let's, let's figure out how we can do this together. Let's recover. Right? In 2 Peter 1.1, it says, I, Simon Peter, am a servant and apostle of Christ Jesus. You see, once we take that time, we need to look at the second piece of this because loving Jesus entails being served. And so we've, we've got to that point. But then there's another side of this, and serving others. And so it's not just enough, because maybe some of us are on that side where we're not naturally prideful. Maybe we're, we're naturally the consumers, right? We're naturally the people who are like, give me everything for free. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give <laughs> me, right? Like, I'll, I'll take all the free rides. I'll take all the free money. I'll take all the free food. I'll take all the free time. I'll take all the free energy. You know, like, I'll take it all, you know? And we don't ever contribute. We don't ever give back. We're always looking for the best. We're always looking out for ourselves, what, what we need most. And it's funny because sometimes we can naturally be both of those at the same time, right? We can naturally be prideful and be like, I, I got myself. I'll take care of myself, you know? But then you try to find in that self what you can get for yourself, you know? And so we see the second aspect here is to be able to serve others. In 1 John 3, 16... It says, we know what true love looks like because of Jesus. He gave his life for us, and he calls us to give our lives for our brothers and sisters. If a person owns the things we need to make it in the world but refuses to share with those in need, is it even possible that person, that, that God's love lives in them? His command is clear. Believe in the name of his son, Jesus, the anointed, and love one another as he commanded. You see, once again here, we don't get an action we don't get a do this. You know, the Bible's a bunch of rules, everybody says. We don't see a rule here, but we see a sacrifice as an example. He says he gave his life for us. That's what true love looks like. And then the example that we're supposed to have is not just to go give people things and possessions, but it should naturally be wired within us that it's in our DNA that when we see people in need, we will serve them. And everything that we do, the people that encompass our lifestyles, our relationships. In Philippians 2, verse 5 and 7, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Well, what's the mindset of Christ Jesus? Just look above the verse, right? He gave his life for us, and we should give our lives for our brothers and sisters. So Philippians 2 says, He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. And so... This ministry fair is not just an opportunity to find something for you guys to look and say, this can really help me. But it's a twofold piece. 
that there's pieces of this ministry fair that you guys can go around and explore and say, where can I jump in? Where can I serve? Where can I start just contributing and giving back because of all these other things that have been given to me? Where can I lay down my life, empty myself, become the form of a servant in whatever context that that can be? In John 14, 14, it says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And there's so many different commandments that you see in the Bible, right? So many different rules that maybe you, that you fall. But one of the, the most, if, if not the most, overstated command in the Bible is to love. Love is, is so magnified in the Bible as a command for us to do. And what greater way to show love than how Jesus did by taking the form of a servant. And so I don't know where you guys are at today. I don't know if you're visiting with us and you're just kind of exploring and checking things out. I don't know if you've been in this church for, you know, years and you just have never really taken that step of service. But what I really just hope that I could convey today to you guys is you won't truly be a Christian unless you understand the principles of what it means to love. And you will never truly understand what it means to love or you will never truly apply love unless you understand what service is and servant, a, ser a, a servant heart is. And that's why we have this ministry fair. Guys, there are so many things that are coming up that are so cool. Um, because, and, and here's the cool thing about this, the, the serendipity part of this, right? That's kind of like the icing on the cake. Like, what is it... You know, here's the math formula. The, the major premise is this, the minor premise is this, and that equates to that. When you put this formula together, just like he talked about in, in John 13, when P Peter has a situation, he gives Peter these things, and what he says at the very end of that is, well, I'll just give you the point first, I guess. You probably want that, don't you? It says, blessing comes from being loved and loving Jesus and others. So it gives us this, like, this, this situation in John 13. It gives us this whole outline. And then he comes back and he kind of gives us the conclusion. And it says in John 13, 17, now that you know these things, now you've heard the problem, the solution, the answer, you will be blessed if you do them. You see, guys, service and having a servant heart and being a servant is not just work. If it's your lifestyle, it is the biggest blessing you will ever have and you will ever find on this earth. It is, it is one of the greatest things that you could ever achieve and accomplish on this life. And you don't need accolades to do it. You don't need, you don't need experience. You don't need education. You, if you have this heart of, I want to serve like Jesus served for me, you will find the peace and the blessings that God has been promising you for years. If you're stuck in a context where your marriage is terrible, and you can't figure out what it is that needs to be fixed. I'm telling you right now, service is what's going to fix that marriage. It may be service towards each other. It may be your, your marriage serving others. It may, I don't know that context, but I know service has got a piece of that. If you're a college student and you, you just don't know where your life is going, you're so frustrated from your upbringing, you don't know about your future, you, don't, you, don't really, you, don't, you have an uncertainty about life. I'm telling you right now, if your future does not involve service, you're going to feel just as lost as you do right now. Because there's such a blessing that comes along with service. And wherever you're at in your life, wherever you're at in your context, 
Just like Jesus talked about here where he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, if we can do that, we will find these blessings that he talks about with here at Peter at the end. There have been so many benefits and blessings, like I talked about a little bit. You know, I grew up in a house where my mom was a bartender and she was out of the house pretty much all the time. And I grew up uh, without a dad. And so I was kind of on my own a lot. And I felt a lot of emptiness in my life. And I played a lot of sports and I did a lot of activities. I had a lot of friends, but I never really served. Um, and then around college years, I, I found an opportunity. It's really weird how I came into the church. Long story short, my nephew uh, was, <laughs> my nephew, I didn't go to church growing up, but me and my nephew were playing catch with a football in the front yard. And my nephew was like really skinny, scrawny kid, um, like Aaron called. He's really short and scrawny and skinny. Um, it's a joke because Aaron's like the biggest, buffest dude in this church. But he, he, he was throwing the football with me, and he steps in the gutter, right, on accident. There's like those little curves in the front of the front yards, and he steps, and when he steps, his knee pops out of socket. And he is screaming like crazy. My sister comes out of the room, and she's like, or out of the house, she goes, what did you do to him? What did you tackle him? Did you? I was like, the dude just tried to throw the football. <laughs> like, I, I, I could have been any more distant from him for this to happen, right? So long story short, we call an ambulance. The dude driving the ambulance was a part of the campus ministry at that time and invited me in. That's, that's how I'm a minister. <laughs> like, like literally that was my window. That was my opening. I didn't go to church as a kid. I did briefly, but it was just to play sports, you know, with the youth group at the time and just cool activities. But I was a, I was a freshman in college, the summer right before I started my freshman year of college, and I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And God delivers an ambulance to pick me up, you know, essentially. And my sister and I, you know, she was like, do you want to drive the ambulance? Do you, or do you want to drive my car? And I was like, I, was like, I guess I can run it. Like, it, was like, it wasn't even set. Like, I just decided to get in that ambulance before I even saw the guy in there. And that started a whole new life for me to be where I'm at today. And since then... I have found so many windows. Like I said, I was going to school to be a teacher, so I had my summers off. I found so many opportunities to go to our church camps for our kids in the summer times. And honestly, for me, that was really what set it in for me that, like, this is my home. Like, this is where I need to be. Because I got to go to these church camps. And to start off, I was straight up like the hole digger at camp. <laughs> like, I was like the guy that just dug holes and put my hand in the plow. Like, I didn't have a lot of, like, mentoring that I could do. And what I wasn't realizing was that that digging holes was the mentoring that I should have been exemplifying in the first place. But I spent years and years and summers and summers at church camps, and I got to invest in these kids, and I got to show opportunities to serve kids. And I got to sit in these cabins with these kids, and they got to share their lives about how they didn't grow up with a dad. And they're in the middle of high school figuring out what they're doing with their dads, and they don't know life. And there I am. I was like that, man. And I, I, I started to see opportunities where God took my crap, God took my stuff, and he provided a window for me to serve. And a lot, of, a lot of students in here have benefited from things that have happened in my life that really sucked, you know? And I look at my life now, and I, and I say, no matter where I was from, no matter where I was at, God was still wanting me to serve. And I want to give that to you guys as well. No matter where you guys are at, no matter what's going on in your lives, no matter if you don't think that you're capable, I'm telling you right now that you are. 
God wants you to serve. God wants you to be served because that's how God shows his love. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring the worship team up here in a second, and we're going to close out for today. And I just really want to encourage you guys, we're going to take, you know, we're going to sing a couple songs to wrap up the service today, but I want you guys to take about 20, 25 minutes. You know, we usually, we usually end service between 11, 20, 11, 30 or so. Um, and just take that time to explore our ministries. There are so many things that we do in this church that maybe you don't know about. If you guys have kids and you're looking at maybe getting opportunities for them to go to these camps that I was talking about, that is, that is an awesome opportunity, man. If there's anything that our church does, I'm telling you, church camps is the highlight. And so that's a great opportunity. But it's not just shipping your kids off. There needs to be mentors there. There needs to be servants there. So like for some of you people, like, what do you do in your summers? Do you want to take a week off to help out some of these kids? Like, look for those opportunities. For our building, we're in the middle of a huge phase where we're about to expand out. And we need workers. We need helpers. We need people that have skills or maybe have just the time to learn skills or just to whatever. All this media stuff. I don't know anything about media, you know. I just know I have a tablet and it has my notes on it. You know, like, but there are some of you guys that are very maybe IT inclined and we have a media ministry for that. For you guys that maybe are really good at cooking and doing, like we do things throughout the year that, that require mass amounts of servants to, to help cook food or help serve food or whatever. That There are so many ministries that you guys are going to explore. And I just want you guys to have an open mind of two things like I talked about today. Number one, what kind of ministry, that's kind of at the bottom, can I utilize to be loved and to be served by? And then the other one is what kind of ministries can I utilize to be loving and be serving towards? And that may be you volunteering in those ministries. That may be just giving some, you know, our high school cross chats, or our high school ministry. Like, they're, high school kids are poor, man. Like, maybe it's just a little bit of money to be able to help out buy some snacks so they can invite their friends to a cross chat that they have actually food at. Or maybe it's that you have a little bit of time to drive. Uh, or volu- You know, I don't know. That's what those ministry fairs are going to do. And that's what they're going to be able to give you different examples of. You're just going to tell them, like, hey, I don't have time, but I have money. Or, hey, I have a lot of time, I don't have money. Or, hey, what is it? And you're just going to be able to find just different windows. But I'm so glad that you guys visited with us today. I'm so glad that you guys are here today. And I really hope that this fair can maybe give you something that God's been wanting to give you for a long time. Today can be the start of that idea of blessings by loving and being loved by things that God is offering within our church. So I'm going to say a prayer. The worship is going to come up. We're going to sing a couple songs. Um, and then we're going to wrap it up for the day. All right? Um, God, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity to have ministries. You know, it would be so easy to just be a disciple, you know, and just to be a Christian and to just know you. But God, you didn't just make one human, God. You made so many of us. And you've wanted us for so long to find communities. You wanted us for so long to find opportunities to reach other lost people. But you know that it can't be done alone. You know that there need to be ministries and churches and people and places established so that other people in the community can find a source and a beacon of hope. And God, that's what this church is designed to be. It's just a beacon of hope for the community, a beacon of hope for the people that are here so that we can learn and love on you and from you and ultimately give that to the community and the people around us, Lord. So I pray that today we can look at this ministry fair as a great opportunity for us. Um, And I pray this in your son's name. Amen.